I did this instead of killing myself, a stand-up comedy podcast in Greenville, South Carolina. My name's David. It's the week of April 3rd, 2023. Hope you're having a good start to your Monday. This is episode 99, almost to 100. And um, thank you so much for listening, tuning in, all of the episodes. Um, I've been thinking a lot about... uh, since we started, because coming up on 100, it's like, that's a lot of freaking episodes. That's a lot of time. And um, I want to, uh, like, we're still, um, every week, we're still getting, you know, at least 100 people, 120, 200 people that are, are watching. And a lot of times, I don't really think about who's watching or why they're watching. I just, we just, you know, I just make these, we do the interviews, and then we put them out. But, um it means a lot. So thank you for listening. And I've been doing a lot of therapy lately. Um, and uh, you'd have to be stupid to not ask why the podcast is named after suicide or like all of the anxiety that must be behind doing something like that or naming a show like that. Um, and uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, deep digging and uh, I kind of wanted to recommend a book for anybody who is like me. Because one of the reasons I, I had such a hard time doing the show to begin with because I was really afraid of even starting something or really afraid of being myself or putting myself out there in any way. And I just I was so did not wanting to. But then I just said, screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. Um and I guess lately I've been a better understanding why I'm like that. Um, and it's kind of this sort of not feeling really, uh, I don't know. I've had this thing since I was a kid where I was um, not loved or didn't think I was because I wanted to just people please. Um, and I, I kind of had this uh, overachiever, perfectionist pattern Um that I've had for 30 years. Never really thought for myself until I was 31. That's a lot, okay? So, um, and I don't know if anybody else is out there like that. If you are, though, if you kind of have that people-pleaser mindset, a couple of things. One, you could read this book, The Drama of the Gifted Child. So good. Oh, my gosh. Not necessarily, like, everybody has some repressed shit um not necessarily for people that have like uh you know they may not have obvious physical sexual abuse i never had any of that um but if 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 you if you have that perfectionist mindset and you have these things where you're just so worried about what other people are going to think of you um this this really helps deconstruct that <laughs> and uh it kind of occurred to me um that's that's kind of why I started doing this and wanted to be my real self. So a couple of things. Yeah. Check out that book. If, if that resonates at all with you. And also, um, if you have something you've started or wanted to start doing, do it. Don't wait for permission to do it. 
make something. Who gives a shit if it's bad? This is, I mean, a lot of this isn't great, but we just do it. And um, it's been the most like fulfilling thing ever for me to start doing comedy and doing this show. So I wanted to say that. Um, and uh, and don't don't shit on yourself. Don't cringe at your own shit. Give yourself a little love if you didn't experience it as a child because you you felt like you had to perform to get it. You gotta let that shit go. Oh boy. Oh boy. So yeah. That's me being vulnerable on a Monday. I burned four minutes and I'm um now I'm have the intro to the show to do, but I still wanted to share that. So um anyway. Um, and if you never, if you feel like, if you don't feel loved ever, just know I love you. Yeah. I don't know you. Certainly everybody in the comedy scene, I do. And, um, and you're enough, you know, doesn't matter what you do. All right. That's mushy. Anyway, let's get on with the introduction of the show. I love our guest today. Speaking of self-love, um, very funny guy, been on the show before. Our guest today, Brad Deaton. Brad's from Walhalla, South Carolina. Still comedy for two years. I've known him since he started. Um, goofy guy. He's kind of got a goofy voice and a goofy laugh. <laughs> kind of sounds like goofy. Um, very active and ambitious in comedy. He produces shows. He produced a show at the Palmetto Distillery. In Anderson, um, also at the Oconee Community Theater. Brad's style of comedy, combination of uh, likable Southern charm, contagious stage energy, personal stories, and oh my God, did he actually just say that? Brad's hilarious. Um, in addition to writing and performing stand-up comedy, Brad is a musician, DJ, TikToker, and author. He actually wrote a children's book. How cool is that? Speaking of putting yourself out there creatively, that's the real you. His children's book, How to Shave a Zebra, is available at Am on Amazon. Link below. Check all the links to his socials below. On this episode, Brad and I uh, reminisce. We talk about a horror story of a show the two of us were on where we both bombed. And the audience hated us. And we actually overheard, or I overheard an audience member shitting on us. And yeah, fucking hated that guy. We talk about that. Um, we talk about um, reflections on cringing at our earlier comedy, like when we first started. Um, story of Brad's interview on Access Carolina. Brad talks about the logistics of booking a comedy show. Uh, talks really funny story about a nightmare show he and Ryan Rubin did at an old strip club in Iva, South Carolina, where violence broke out. Um, and a lot of other stuff, too. Brad's great. Great interview. Um, got tons of stories. We had a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Follow Brad at the links below. Check him out. Hope you enjoy. All right. Before we get to the interview, here's what's going on this week in local comedy, the week of April 3rd, 2023. All right, tonight, Monday, Coffee Underground, hosted by No Expectations Comedy, Craig Holcomb, Travis Thubbend. That's a 7 o'clock show. Comics get there at 6 to sign up. Tuesday, Sharky's Pub, 8 o'clock. Comics sign up at uh, 7.30 or 8. Uh, hosts Cali Pasfume and Amelia Nelson. Also on Tuesday, with The Art Bar, hosted by Patrick Fowler. That's in Columbia, 8.30 show. Also on Tuesday, um, in Asheville, we have The Odd at 9 o'clock, hosted by James Harrod. On Wednesday, we have Radio Room, hosted by Adam Schulte. That's an 8.30 show. Um, also on Wednesday, we have Tom Edmonds present Swamp Rabbit Comedy, open mic at the VFW Post 9273 in Piedmont, 630 show. 
that's a great show. I got to guest host this week at the VFW. Very cool. If you're in town, don't have time to drive to Asheville, uh, or don't want to go to Radio Room, um, uh, or you could probably hit both Radio Room and the Piedmont one. Performing for the vets is really cool. So, anyway. Also on Wednesday, we have the Disclaimer Open Mic in Asheville at 8 o'clock, hosted by Carrie Goff. There's no jokes out loud this week on Thursday. Um, Friday, all jokes aside, at Habiba's Mediterranean Restaurant, hosted by Dante Anderson. That's a 9 o'clock show. Uh, and this weekend at the Comedy Zone, um, Thursday through Saturday, um, we have Dominique. She has one show on Thursday, April 6th at 7 p.m., two shows on Friday the, um, at 7 and 9 p.m., and two shows on Saturday at 6 and 9. Tickets available at GreenvilleComedyZone.com. All right, that's it for local comedy. Love yourself. You're enough, dude. All right. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the interview. Have a great week. Here it is. Pay it in a little bit. Yeah, dude. I made you walk up the steps. Yeah, man. I'm I'm out of shape. You can't do that to me. I'll fucking die. Well, you called. You were already on the fifth floor. I was like, well, yeah. I don't have to go down now, so that's good. I was marathon man in that man. Welcome back, Brad Deaton, to the Ooh. show. Hello. The best dressed podcast guest we've ever had, easily. Actually, Jalen might have had a tie on one time. Fuck Jalen, okay? <laughs> I got the whole suit You heard on. it here first. Brad Deaton says, fuck Jalen. That's how we're... This is going to air, and I hope to God Jalen takes me and says, hey, what the fuck, man? Jay, I don't know if Jalen watches. I haven't seen Jalen in a while. I miss him. He's uh, I haven't seen him at Comedy Zone. I don't know. I haven't seen him. You know, uh, you know we're supposed to be on that show, I think. I got him on a show coming up, so I, I should yeah. see him then. Yeah, I hadn't oh, that's seen right. Him. The last show we did together, Jalen was supposed to be on it, and his car broke down. And his car broke. His car broke down. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think it actually. See, that's why I'm dissing down. him for his drip and saying I got, <laughs> I got, I'm better dressed because yeah. he, he ditched. No, me we're off. totally kidding. We didn't mean F Jalen, but Jalen, we, we love Jalen. No, Jalen's awesome. Man. I miss the guy, but uh, yeah, that was a fun show. Um, no, it was a good time, man. I love the fact that you uh, heard somebody leaving and uh, say, yeah. say about me and you. I, okay, so to tell a story to anybody listening, which means just my mom that's going to watch this a couple of times and text me how cute I look. <laughs> um, you look so handsome on that podcast. I yeah. watched it again. Like the, the one person that gives a yeah. shit what I have to say. No, um, so we do this show, and uh, it's a very Southern crowd. And uh, after the first show, I walk back and – David kind of looks at the guy and says, fuck that guy. And I was like, what's that guy saying? He said, well, I heard him when he was walking out. He said, wow, that com the headlining comedian really saved it. Because yeah. those two first comedians, me and me and David, sucked ass. And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, he can just go back home and watch NASCAR and watch the cars go Dude, left I got so pissed when that guy said that. <laughs> I got so mad. I mean, it was fine. Like, it, it wasn't. Okay, we had clunky sets, but <laughs> Southern crowd, they were all there to see Shelly Belly. And yeah, yeah. it's brutal because we were in like our the green. It was at a, a Palmetto Distillery, which yeah. is a great show that Brad runs. And like the, the, the green room is back by like the big distillery like... Things, yeah, yeah, you can, you can smell the fermenting like potatoes yeah. and stuff. But, but there. there's no wall separating where the audience is sitting and where we where we were sitting. So like this guy didn't know I was right there and could hear him. And he's <laughs> they, and he, he he was a Shelly Belly fan and God bless Shelly Belly and everything. I mean she's great, but you know they weren't there to see well, my style of comedy well, and. I mean, you're southern, but like the dark, edgy stuff. Maybe I don't know what it was, but the but, guy the guy was like. <laughs> 
Man, he went to his front. Man, Shelly Belly, she saved the show. Those first two guys weren't any good. And I was like, fuck this guy, dude. Man, I'm going to Southern put- pieces of shit. Well, I told what I actually we said to David though. is I said, I oh, can go back home and jerk off to Jeff Foxworthy. I don't yeah. give a shit. And like, go no. fuck his cousin. And I don't and, and, I, and I don't mean that. I, I love I don't Southern. I don't, we're in the South. We're we in the South. Real like, oh, fucking it just really hurt my feelings. <laughs> Well, it does, it, but um. And by the way, you were like, he didn't know I could hear it. That guy didn't give a fuck if you could hear or not. Probably not. He was probably not. You'd been like, yeah. I heard you, and he would have been like, good, yeah. good, David yeah. Baker. I know. <laughs> no, all due respect to that guy in the audience, but fuck them too. Cause. <laughs> well, no, you have. Well, and that's exactly it. I mean, and you've been doing this long enough. I, I, I want to go ahead and comment on like, I watched my show the other day getting prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And I saw me talk about like, I've been doing it for not very long at all when I did that podcast. And I went back and watched me go, well, you know, the thing about, I was like, you don't know fucking shit about no, comedy. Like, shut no. up. That's, um, that's a good point. That's like what we, what I, you know, what we cringe about the most is like when we talk about the theory of comedy or something, especially early episodes, is like, eh, well, you sit there, you don't know. Well, that's progression, right? We learn from yeah. whatever we're doing and hopefully get better at it. Yeah. It's the same thing as I, I probably, I mean, for me, and I know that you probably did the same thing. When I go back, I went back the other day and watched my first set. Uh, oh, did you? And I remember thinking, man, I did great. And I went back and watched that set and I was, it just cringe, right? Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was good. I mean, there was part, I was proud of myself of how confident I was for it being my first time, you know, but at the same time, I was like, nah, you fucking suck yeah. that first time. But yeah. the thing that comes with anything, the further mm-hmm. you get into it, you look back yeah. at years when you did it, you know, when you're early years and stuff like that and mm-hmm. think, wow, I could have done a lot of things different. For sure, man. But um, as far as that, you've been doing this long enough, no, like, Different crowds will laugh at different things. I think we oh, yeah. talked about that. Like, yeah. Uh, and I, our, the second show, there's two shows that night. The second show went much better for both of us. I mean, well, I, I think, like- no. See, I have a different memory of that because I watched the set, my, uh, my set when I was leaving of the second show because I got, you know, 45 an hour, you know, on the way home. So I always listen to my set to uh-huh. see if there's anything I could catch or how good it was. And it actually was a ton better than the first. I felt like the second crowd was better than the first. Maybe oh, you mean members. the second show was better? Yeah. That's this, what I yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying it wasn't much better. No, um, it was much better. It yeah. was. And uh partly because I don't know, the first show we were kind of feeling our way through it and like not just going in. But like the second show, we pushed like I pushed back more on mm. the crowd. Well, I did too. And one thing And just had a don't give a shit kind of attitude and it worked a lot well honestly with that show we've been doing it for over a year now and it has i mean it's taught me a lot of things that's i mean that was the first time i ever hosted was when i started doing the shows and Uh taught me a lot lot about that and warming Mm -hmm. the crowd up but also like i realized how much different the second show is compared to the first and especially at that place i mean Uh the second show is always more lively and more more audible like you can see sometimes the first show they're like they're having a good time and everything but the second show they want to mess with you they drink a little bit more it's a little bit later at night Mm -hmm. i don't know it always seems to be for sure a lot more fun for For me honestly for sure it's a good time Oh, by the way, I was going to give you shit. I told yeah, you I was going to give you yeah, shit. Yeah, that's what okay. I was going to say. You were going to give me, yeah, give me shit. Because I think it's funny. You're talking about looking back at early things and changing out through the years and stuff. I, you know, I've watched 
the podcast since you start doing the early Dude, episodes thank and stuff. you for watching and yeah. um then went and like watched the other day when i was getting ready to do this i went and watched like the one with travis thubbin but I, so first off like at the first of you doing this podcast like you're happy and chipper and everything when you started this podcast you're so like you're smiling and then i, I click an episode that's recent and it's just you sitting at that table going you know why the fuck am i doing this <laughs> this is why you know what i said everybody should stop everything life is meaningless like you're just like i'm like he this has broken like comedy has caused david to have a mental fucking breakdown yeah and like yeah. This is so funny. You look at the person like, we have a great guest coming in. We have in. a great this show awesome today. Guy. And you're like, what is life? Like, what is life, man? Like, fuck, fuck everything, right? Like, oh, gosh. Yeah, I forgot I'd do that. Yeah. Then I clicked on the episode of you and Travis Thubbin. And the first 15 minutes just had me in a depression. It was like, I've been like, why are you doing anything? Like, comedy should stop. Like, yes. you know, what, what makes us think we're worthy of people's time and right. laughter? Right. And I was just like, I might go home and try to suck, start my shotgun like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. You're right, man. Uh, that's the, the good and bad of like having the intro. Cause like, I don't know. I just like, I like to do it cause it's just like a, yeah, this is still current. Like, this is like this week. Mm. So, but, uh, yeah, dude. Sometimes you just think, you're like, what the fuck? Why are we doing this? What well, is it, going on? It, it's such an odd thing to get used to, right? Like, uh -huh. this is this is fun. I like this because me and you were having a conversation. Yeah. And, you know, kidding around this, that, and other. And it's two friends sitting in the living room. Uh -huh. And we just got, like, you know, microphone penises shoved in our faces. Yep. Other than that, it's not weird. It's just like we're having a conversation. It's not weird. But when you're sitting there trying to make a fucking TikTok... You know, yeah. and you're sitting there like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this with my voice. And why the fuck am I doing I'm in my basement. My dad's in this room. I can hear him watching like friends. And I'm sitting there like, hey, everybody, I want to tell you about. Oh, that wasn't good. Okay, I'm going to do another one. <laughs> hey, everybody, something funny happened to me. though, And you feel like an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok editing is, is weird. I haven't done like a normal one. Like a normal like, hey, TikTok. Or like the ones that are TikTok. No, format yeah. you know what i mean like we'll put clips on there but uh yeah you feel weirder doing tiktok editing oh my god uh, not the editing just like filming them is the thing yeah. editing it is fine because i can look at it from an analytical standpoint and be like oh this is how i could make it better i can like trim it if you're but as far but as filming, like, it. filming it first off i'm a 35 a four-year-old man that looks at his wife and says honey i'm going to the basement to film a tiktok like there's no <laughs> You tell her that you're going down there. Yes, I have to make time. I have Don't, things to do. Like, yeah, you got kids, right? I'm neglect. Dude. Yeah, I have a kid. Like, oh, one kid. Oh, yeah, I got the vasectomy straight oh, okay, after yeah. the first. I'm so one. sorry, I forgot how many. No, don't be you sorry. Okay, but you gotta like. Okay, honey, I'm going downstairs. I'm going to the basement. Because I'm neglecting something to do that. Like, I'm not mowing the grass so I can film a TikTok. <laughs> like, I'm going to put off weed eating. I'll get it tomorrow. I yeah. really need to go downstairs and stitch somebody's video. Yeah. Like, God bless go, your wife, man. She's, yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. She probably just stays upstairs and just contemplates, be like, he's a very good man. <laughs> he's a very he's good, a good man. He takes care of me. It's okay. He's sweet most of the time. He doesn't even beat me that much. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't even beat you. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was just... Not that much. <laughs> See, I'm not even phased by the awful shit Brad says sometimes. <laughs> I know. I said, I said, try to suck start my shotgun, and you didn't flinch. I was like, I was really hoping to get a reaction. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I named the show after suicide, so, you know, it's, you know, it's whatever. Dude. I, 
I loved seeing you on Fox News and seeing them say, you have a podcast. And I was like, he's going, oh, shit, here it goes. And you said the name of it. And she's like, just yeah. rolls with it. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> Yeah, thanks for watching that too. Yeah, they let they let and you've done you've done that that morning show, right? Yeah, Access yeah. Access Carolina. So what we're talking about is uh, Fox Access Carolina. They mm-hmm. they spotlight local businesses and they let local comics go up and promote Comedy Zone or whatever they do. On Dude, funny they, Friday. They were so so uh, so uh, funny. Uh, they were they were so nice, is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. They yeah. were really like genuinely like. That I don't know which news anchor. I think it was the same one that interviewed me. Yeah. And she like when I pulled up, I got confused and went around like the wrong way and came to the back uh-huh. of the building where my GPS led yeah. me. She came out into the parking lot and came to my car to yeah. show me in and was really nice. Walked me out yeah. when I went to leave. Yeah. Super sweet. When she and, did um, my interview, I was like, you. She had. She didn't want to say the name of the podcast. She didn't want to say it. Uh, so I had to say it. And then she had to say it at the end, like, follow him. And I did this instead of killing myself. Like, she doesn't comfortable even <laughs> saying, I can't believe they let me do it, honestly. But that, that well, that's what I was promoting thinking. the podcast of that name. I was like, well, well when I was yeah. watching the interview, that's exactly what was going through my mind is like, are they going to let him say the name of his podcast? <laughs> like, if I had a podcast and went on there and they were like, oh, Brad, promote your podcast. I'm like, yeah, you can follow my podcast at I like to rate my dog.com. <laughs> And uh, we have a we have a show on there every week, man. I try I try to do it, you know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love I, think, I love me, that it made her a little uncomfortable. It was fun. But. Well, it probably made the name of the show even more worth it. It was like yeah. I made this sweet woman who's just trying to do her job have to say, "Yeah, I did this instead said, of killing." Right, myself. right. It was fun. How did you like the experience? Wasn't it? Didn't it feel kind of cool? Like you have to wait in the green. Did you wait in the green oh, yeah. before they give you the mic and stuff? I was like, holy shit. Dude, I'm going to tell you something embarrassing as shit about that, though. It's not anything that was uh, that like anybody knew. I only told my wife this, too. So I walk in the green room, and I told her when I got home, I was like, I felt a little awkward. And she's like, why? I was like, at first, because they take me in the green room and arrest us, or introduce me to this guy. And the guy's got, like, really nice hair, and he's a really, really nice guy, and he shakes my hand. And I'm thinking I'm about to get hair and makeup done. So I think that this guy's like the hair and makeup guy. We're talking and stuff. And then like, I didn't say anything about that. He has no idea I thought that until right. if he watches it. Right. But like, I felt like I was like, what kind of asshole am I that I thought I was going to get like hair and makeup done? Like, I'm Did not, you ask him? Did you ask no, him? God, no, God, no. So are you going to you know, powder was, me up? Or yeah, something? powder me up. And he was like, are you hitting on me? Like, is, that a, <laughs> is that a come on? Are you trying to... Dude, that is so funny. <laughs> but the but, and I think I told you this story, and I think I just think it's such a funny coincidence. Everything because I get there, we come in the studio, and she says, "Do you like eighties eighties uh, cartoons?" Uh-huh. And I was like, "That's not a question, but yeah, I mean, I like uh-huh. old cartoons." And yeah, she was like, "Well, we have on today one of our guests is the guy who voiced Destro in the eighties. Um, what's it called? GI Joe." Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> the G.I. Joe cartoon. I remember yeah. when they like parodied those in the, in the Oh 2000s. yeah. Like, oh yeah. Um, what was it? Community. We talked about community last time. Okay. They parodied it one, yeah, one time. Yeah. But anyway, so I get in the waiting room and this guy comes in, he's like 70 years old, 70 year old black man, and he sits next to me. And and I say black man because it comes in very it's very important to the story. Uh-huh. Because there's no way that me and him are related. And that comes in very important. So he comes, sits next to me, and this guy's just got 
this very deep voice and he's uh-huh. very professional, very nice guy. And we're talking and I instantly stick my foot in my mouth because I said, what got you into voice acting? And he said, I am not a voice actor. I am an actor. <laughs> there are no voice actors, only actors. And he said it like that. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm already pissed this guy off. That sounds, what a douche thing to say. It is a douche thing to say, though. You right? know? I mean, so, but he says that, and I was like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, and then he was like, I just say that because I have to correct that a lot. There's a misconception. And he goes on these, you know, really like long-winded kind of rant stuff he asked me he's like that's objectively true yeah and he was like and i get i get where that comes from it was like a little bit odd for me because i didn't you know i was like it's what you know i don't know but he starts talking he's giving me like advice he's like you're a young comedian and you should do this and that and i guess at some point what did he what advice did he give you i can't remember what it was it was pretty much I really think I was blocking it. I was really like, is this happening? Like, I think yeah. the whole thing in my head is like, this is an odd situation yeah. <laughs> that I'm in right now. And I can't remember the conversation, but I started saying something back. Like I went on, cause I'm long winded anyway, if you can't tell. And so I go on and like tell my opinion on the subject we're talking about. And I guess he liked it. Cause he mm-hmm. goes, you're coming out with me. You're coming out with me. When I go on, you're coming out with me. And he looks at the guy with him and uh, who's a younger black guy. And he says, it, wouldn't that be a great idea? He's a comedian. He's asking his opinion on this. I'm going to take him out there with me. We can riff off each other. This will be funny. And that guy was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> and he's like, were no, you no, thinking, we're going. No, 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 no. I don't want to. Or were you thinking? You oh, I was thinking, no, I don't want to piss off the people that invited me here. And just walk out with this guy and be like, I'm going on now. <laughs> I'm going on. I am. Me and him are going to do a bit that you have no idea about. And right. this could be. So, and then he said, he said, yes, you're going out with me. And I told him my name. I said, yeah, I'm Brad. I introduced myself. So now during this, he goes, you're going out with me. And um, I'm going to tell him that you're my little, my little cousin, Brian. And I was like, Brad. And he was like, yes. Okay, Brian. And I was like, all right, I'm just kind of going with it. Somebody comes in to mock him up. He goes, Mike, Brian too. Brian, my little cousin's coming with me. And that guy's like, all right. Like. Like, oh, okay, there and doesn't mic me up. He's just kind of going along with him because he's like, this guy's a little crazy. Jeez, and so, dude. guy starts coming out as he's starting to walk out. I think we're done with this. And he goes, Come on, Brian. And I was like, All right, man. And I like get up. I start following him out. And he walks in the studio and he gets in there and instantly announces, This is my little cousin, Brian. And he is coming on with me. And they look at the young black guy that's with him and said, Nice to meet you, Brian. And he said, No, not him. Him and parts of me, everybody is confused. <laughs> everybody is so like, nobody laughed. I don't like, understand. <laughs> and I'm standing behind him going, I don't know what's going on. Jeez, like, dude. I don't know what's happening either. And they're like, We like we know that's Brad. We invited him here. Like, did you adopt him? Yeah. Like, some yeah. And like I just got and they said he can sit in here while you're doing that. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm I'm really I, can I go back to the green room? Yeah. Now? Like and I, I escape like out. just got bullied into that. Just said, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm back. I'm backstage with the guy that I originally thought was my hairdresser. Uh-huh. And, you know, and no, he was a cool guy. He was, uh, he does whiskey and stuff around here. And it really awesome. I me and him start talking and we're watching the guy on the TV in the corner. And he looks at me and says, guys, a little, 
little uh centric right like yeah <laughs> nice way to put that and uh yeah we're watching it and then he goes uh and i tell him the story about me calling that guy a voice actor and right after i say it you hear him on the tv go see some people would say i'm a voice actor but that is wrong and i was like and sam Dude, that guy in there with me goes find this interview sam looks this. at me and says you pissed that guy off, didn't you? And I was like, he's not letting it go, dude. Uh-huh. And then he goes, I brought my little cousin Brian with me and starts pointing around the studio. I'm not in there. And he starts pointing around. And that woman is very much trying to save it and bring it back to like ground and like, okay, you're doing a convention this weekend, right? And he's like, my, <laughs> I'm so she back. immediately changed the subject. Yeah. And, but it was hilarious. But later, I'm a huge Spider Man fan. I think me and you talked about this. Yeah. Huge Spider Man fan. And I'm later looking him up, seeing what else he's done. And he voiced Venom in a Spider-Man video game that I used to play back in the day. Yeah, he he voiced uh, Venom in the Ultimate Spider-Man video game that was on PlayStation 2. And I used to play that constantly. I still have a copy at the house. Uh And so I was freaking out. I was like, I didn't give him sign anything. (laughs) And then it hit me. I was like... I'm Venom's little cousin, man. Oh I'm Venom's little cousin. God. Like, I'm going to get that tattooed. I'm changing my name to Brian. Did you want that guy's autograph? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's, he played Venom. He could have sat there and looked me dead in the eye and said, I've killed multiple children in my life. And I've been like, can you sign? Yeah, did right you, here. Did, like, you guys, did you get a photo with them? No. Oh. No, nothing. I want to find this interview. It's got to be on Access Carolina. It is. Okay. It's What's the guy's there. name? Oh my God, I can't remember. Your hero? You don't remember his name? I can't remember my hero's name. Uh, uh, <laughs> but I've been indoctrinated in the G.I. Joe voice actor. For Destro. Yeah, and for- I'll, I'll send you the guy's name. But yeah, I looked him up. And he's done all this voice acting. He's actually Dude. done a lot. But um, the Venom thing killed me. I was like, that is so awesome. Especially that I have this story now where like. Yeah, and you played that video game. <laughs> oh yeah, I called my well. friend. We used to sit there and sit around his house and uh, play it all the time when we were like Dude. in high school. And I was like, Dude. I'm I'm Venom's cousin. He was like, Are you on drugs again? Like, I was like, yeah. No, no, I gotta tell you. Like, yeah, dude, that's something. It was it was funny. It was a really cool experience. Though. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, these these stories. Yeah, get in showbiz. Yeah, you, know, man, you get you these know. these fun behind the scenes stuff. I, I constantly tell my wife, I was like, she'll she'll say something. I'm like, I'm a famous comedian, and this is <laughs> this is not how I'm going to be treated. And she was like, you run a show in Anderson. Yeah. Like, he's like, it's I don't a good know. Like, show, though. It's and then she constantly says, and she's like, and that's the only one you mostly get booked on. No, like, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm joking. I'm the, joking. Uh, yeah, shit, I mean. <laughs> it's just a fun, I'm just I love that show, movie. though. It's it's one of those it's rare all- shows uh, that uh, it sells out every time. Like, I, I, or, I or has high ticket sales every time. I couldn't tell you how, I mean, like, it was just the luck of the draw. Have, it, it's the been awesome. Really it's taken amazing. to it, you know? Well, and the venue's been... It, it's awesome to find a place that not only just, like, allows you to do comedy there, but wants you to do comedy yeah, there, right? Like, for sure. Because we, we've done shows places where it was like, okay, you can put on a comedy show. Uh-huh. And, like, they're not really supportive out of this. And they this place is in contact with us every month and we've mm-hmm. come in and had meetings with them about how to do better what things we want to try yeah and they, they've been just super supportive had our had our back on every idea mm-hmm. that we've had and it just worked out it's been working out knock on wood because it's just gonna like something yeah. something bad could happen no but um 
we've got lucky with it and it's yeah. awesome we we get these amazing comedians in the area and and be able to work with them and then come mm-hmm. on and and it is a great crowd i actually feel bad that i was so hard no on that. and that's I what was, i that was more projection on the self-hatred no it was the, kidding around and it, it, it's a good show and sometimes and, and, it a, good, is, and it is. a good crowd of people we just oh and, just the, and crowds are different every time right yeah. in any kind of venue and that's what i was talking about too I, i'm by no means shitting on those people or something like that because me and david even said last time on our pocket uh, on your podcast when we were talking um we were saying something along the lines of you never go on stage and get off after a bad set and think the audience was wrong because that's no, not it's it. us it was it's a us. different it sucks to have to come to that conclusion but anytime <laughs> i bomb and stuff it's not the audience's fault. Even that night, it wasn't the audience's fault. They were there for something that I wasn't quite providing. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. the kind of Me humor, either. this, that, and other. Yeah. I mean, I could never <laughs> never say that. But um, no, I have had times where, oh, my God. And I don't think I've got to tell you this story. And you might have seen it on Facebook because me and Ryan talked about it a lot on there. Yeah, maybe. Hit me with it, though. The yeah, Iva yeah. thing. We had a, So we had a show in Iva, right? Where? Uh, I don't want to say the name of the place, but it was. Um, it was in what city, though? Iva. Iva? Yeah. Never been there before this either. I've never heard of that. And okay. I tell you, like, when I was leaving work that day, I was like, listen. Iva is South Carolina? Yep. Okay. So I was leaving work, and I, I well, I told him, like, I was working over, and I was like, man, it's like 530. I got to get out of here because I got to be in Iva. My boss looked at me and was like, I know that that's a lie because nobody goes to Iva. Like, why are you yeah. going? To, there's nothing in Iva. And I was like, well, this is going to be interesting then. Uh-huh. And we show up in a place uh you you could instantly tell that it used to be a strip club. <laughs> and um nice. there is a piece of wood on the ceiling covering up where the pole used to come from. Okay. And I'm like, oh, this is gotta be this is gonna be something. Right. right. There's a there's no urinal, just a trough in the bathroom. I was nice. like, this is fucking great. Nice. And um what's so funny, Paul Snyder was on it. And Paul was Oh, in. Paul. And Shout Paul, out Paul just, Snyder Charlotte. Yeah, Paul Snyder's fucking hilarious. He is amazing. Him and Jazz Gill was on it too. Oh, and there, to, yeah. To, oh, yeah. And she had fun with it. Uh-huh. And, um, and I, I but they're, they're amazing comedians. And I, I love booking them on stuff. And so Ryan's hosting, and then I'm going to be the opener, and then featuring Paul, and then uh-huh. Jazz is closing it out. Paul comes in, and I, like you see him looking around. I was like, what do you think, Paul? And he was like, I think I might have to get you to send pictures of these places before you book me. He was like, he said, did I do something wrong? Cause I was doing the Palmetto distillery with you. And then O'Connie, you know, cause O'Connie is another room of ours. And he said, I did that one. Those were great. Now I'm in Ava and I don't know if I pissed you off. <laughs> like, and I'm like, we're kidding around yeah, about it. Yeah. So we, so Ryan starts to get on stage, start the show. He runs up there, and you know it takes a minute sometimes to get the crowd into it. There's nothing against that. Sometimes when you get on stage, people are finishing up conversations, and it takes a oh, minute yeah. to kind of get their attention. And so I'm thinking, like, it had that bar roar, right? That uh-huh. roar. were there TVs on? Real loud? No, just no? that everybody, just loud people, drunk people talking, and some people. Um, we're sitting and everything, kind of. And I couldn't tell anything because my back was the audience. I'm watching Ryan. I'm right in the front. And I can tell it's really loud. I can, he's like the same, he's got a microphone uh-huh. and I can still hear them at the same volume as him. And I was like, well, this is rough. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, so maybe you got to take gonna, control. Yeah. I was like, he's going to, he's going to win them into this and he's doing his material and he's trying to get them into it. 
And then three minutes goes by and nothing has changed. And I'm oh, like, okay, no. all right, this is you rough. You follow him? This is rough, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is rough, this is rough. And now I'm planning on what I'm going to try to do, right? right. Like, I got to go, if he's doing, because Ryan is not an easy person to ignore. Ryan is a little no, he's loud. And he's loud. He's like Joey and, Diaz level volume. Oh, my gosh. And crowd work. Ryan Rubin, just bam. And they were oh, yeah. ignoring him? Yeah. Jeez. So, and, and I could hear some laughs a little bit, but mostly just like loudness. And I was like, oh, this is rough. 20 minutes of that. 20 minutes of that. Ryan's up there and then Ryan looks at me and he's smiling ear to ear and he's like, your turn. And like, I sit there and Jazz had walked up to me and was like, maybe I should go on next to try to wrangle men because Jazz is a fucking pro, right? Yeah, Jazz yeah, can yeah. handle anything. Yeah. And I'm, I am a little bit, like at this point, I'm like, no, I want to see. <laughs> I want to see what I can do. You what know, ideas gonna, were going through your head as you're seeing the to, audience like ignore him? To and fuck just, with him. I fuck just, with just him? I was going to go up there and play on the situation, yeah. acknowledge what is happening, right. them ignore me, kind of try to make a joke out of it. The instantly, the first thing I said is I got up there, I stopped, I looked at the audience for a minute, and I said, uh, I want to thank the whole city of Iva for being here. Apparently, I was like, and that kind of, you know, I got a little laugh. I started noticing it was a split crowd. Like there was people really trying to hear us, but they couldn't even hear us because people were right behind them and just yeah. talking. What had happened, and I realized this later, is that they had let some bar, people that usually come to the bar in that wasn't real like paying for the show, wasn't there yeah. for comedy. Right. And that's not a bad situation. That's not a good situation. Yeah. So they're all talking. And so I get more aggressive as I'm going. <laughs> right? Like eventually I like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to fucking do this. And I said, I, I, I like did the most offensive joke I fucking have just to see if I could get them. Well, the first thing I did is I looked out at one. I was telling my vasectomy joke about getting a vasectomy because I do have a vasectomy. Uh-huh. And, um, I pointed to this one guy and I said, uh, most I got a vasectomy so I could make sure that my second kid didn't turn out like an asshole like that fuck right over there. <laughs> Just trying to like get somebody to turn around and be like, oh, fuck, right? Trying to get the crowds. To- nothing. Nothing. No reaction. The people laughing are still laughing. But I'm like, oh, shit. So then I sit there and like, and I'm, I, so I start poking at them. I'm like, they can't fucking hear me. I think right. they're in the, I think they're a little all slow anyway. And now I'm thinking <laughs> in my head, like, how far can I take this? How far can I keep poking at these people before somebody rushes the stage and Will Smith slaps me? Right. Yeah, beats the fuck out of me. I'm in their Iva, right? Like, they could bury me and no yeah. one would know. And so I'm like, how far can I take the fucking uh-huh. with them thing? And so, like, finally I tell the most offensive joke I got in the middle of my set. I was like, you know what? Since y'all aren't paying attention anyway, I'm just going to fucking start being offensive as fuck up here. I said, um... And I don't actually. I don't even know if I want to say it on here. It is you super it. fucking offensive. How bad? It's go ahead. It, so what oh, it is no. is I just say, and it's one of these that it's supposed to be offensive. It's supposed to be a one line drop to hit all these little check boxes and make people go, "What the fuck? That's so ridiculous that it's funny." Kind of thing. Okay. And uh, I said, uh, if a midget gets an abortion. <laughs> Yeah, I'm already on a good, on started on real good ground, right? If a midget gets an abortion, does it change the size of the clothes hanger? <sighs> oh my god! And I never tell this joke. This is not a joke I tell anywhere because I do not. It's a little too far, right? I think you probably use the same size clothes hanger because I feel like I would imagine level, so, in the right? Torso area. 
Yeah, like just hike the leg up a little bit and just like they'd have to be like two people to perform that. I never really knew how a coat hanger abortion was performed. I guess I don't know. I mean, untangle the my mom didn't either. That's why it failed. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I'm here today. I'm gonna get emails about that. I mean, if you kept it whole, you just stick the hook up and just oh my god, oh my dear god. (laughs) I think we tell that. I hope people from work don't click on this. No, um. No, it's fucking, but it's it's a really offensive, it's supposed to be this thing of like, I don't believe in this joke whatsoever. That's why I'm saying it. I, did, I had never even said that joke before. The reason I said that is because I just wanted to see if I could get any fucking reaction out yeah. of those fucking people. No, nothing. Still nothing. I go through my set. I'm ending it. I did what I promised myself I wouldn't do because I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to leave y'all with a piece of advice. And then I just go, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. The whole place goes silent. Ryan is dying in the fucking front, right? <laughs> and um, I said, all right. And I start to go and joke right back to 100. They go right back up, turn back around. And I was like, this is fucking impossible. So I looked at Ryan after I ended my joke. And I had people, like I said, during this whole thing, it was a split crowd. Yeah. There was people that were trying to laugh, kind of pay attention. Ryan's pumping my volume How up. How many people are in the room at this point? Oh, my God. I would say probably between... It was probably a good 40 people. 40, yeah. I would say 40 people. More than that, probably, because we had, like, standing room over here. And then you had people sitting at tables, and you had everybody at the bar. And it was a split thing of, like, Ryan's pumping my volume up, and they're getting louder with the volume. They're challenging the volume. So I get off stage, Paul comes up. And I was desperately trying to get him in on this because Paul is – the way his comedy is is not loud and no. abrasive. And I was like, I got to, even if they fucking hate me, so even if they fucking hate so me. You do a midget co-hanger abortion joke. I just, I had to do and anything. tell them to shut I'm the fuck throwing. up. And then you kick it to Paul. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, the thing was, is they're not paying, like, this is bad enough. If I can get them to hate me. Yeah. And then I get immediately off stage. Maybe Paul can pull this back from stuff because he's so, like, anything he's, to yeah, pay he's attention. Yeah, he's very likable. Right? Paul's very, yeah. So, um, I wonder if they get anything. Still didn't have any kind of effect on the crowd or anything. Yeah. And so, I get off. Paul goes up. I'm looking around. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, poor Paul. And he's up there trying to bring it in. And they're just, and I'm pumping his volume up. And they're going louder. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the fight breaks out. Fight breaks out? So fucking barroom bro, fuck you, motherfucker. Just fucking grabbing, he's dragging this motherfucker out. What I find out later happened is one guy, they were telling him, hey, you got to pay if you're going to see the comedy show. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to stand here. And he kept sitting down there. It's like, get out of that seat. You got to pay for a seat. Right. They were charging for seats or whatever yeah. because the guy, they were letting him in there anyway. And he just goes, fuck you, bitch, and throws a fucking cup of his drink in the waitress's face. <laughs> and then this guy comes out of nowhere, Superman grabs it. He goes, bam. And he's dragging him out. And, like, Paul is on stage. And then I instantly think, oh, where's Ryan? Because I know Ryan's going to see this and run outside. I'm like, Ryan's going to get shot. Like, so Ryan's Ryan, see- Ryan, Is Ryan the type of guy to intervene? No, I no. He wants to watch the fight. Oh, like, he I know to he's going to go out there. Like, yeah. So I see him. Realize he goes, oof, and he starts running outside. I'd run up to him and grab my shoulders, like, you're hosting. Like, you can't go. Like, you yeah. you got to wrangle in. I'm not getting back on that fucking stage. I was like, yeah. this is your turn to host. Right. And so 
Anyway, we're sitting there and we both turn around at that moment and Paul's on stage and Paul goes, I don't like confrontation <laughs> and we're dying. And I took a selfie and you can find it on my Facebook page of me and Ryan's like, selfie time, right when he said that. And Paul's on stage Dude. like this and me and Ryan smiling ear to ear. And um, the video came out, like, it's, we saw the video, somebody videoed it after, and they, they knocked that guy out of his fucking pants. Like, he, he knocked was, him out? He, no, his pants down to his ankles, and he was, like, waking up in the video. Like, you can tell they fucked him up. Jeez. And uh, he was pulling a waitress by the hair, like, when everything started going down. It started getting real bad. But then everything wrangles in. And by the way, I want to say the whole thing, and I didn't even mention the bar, but I do want to say... The the not the owner was a very nice lady, and she and she was very and she was like, "This was my bad. I let people in that didn't pay for the comedy show, and this whole thing happened. And this is and people were coming up telling me this is not this place. People don't fight like that. And I have to give the benefit of the doubt because any bar fights can break out and stuff like that. But so anyway, <laughs> like shit show. And we're probably going to do another comedy show there. Honestly, they are? paid us very well, dude. They paid us I'd well. I'd love to perform there. And um, no, if we do one, you can do it. But you know who I'm going to try to ask? I'll ask him right now because I know actually he doesn't watch us. Probably he's not watching me on here. Travis Stubbins is going to be the headliner if we do that fucking <laughs> place again. I mean, yeah. we're coming in armed. Travis yeah. will give hell. But anyway, yeah. Jazz gets on after that and say. It. Jazz just goes in it, and it ended up actually with like Jazz on stage. She went it through. She went up there and she just went, "Ivy, you done showed your ass." And it was hilarious. She starts calling it out, and she said, "Y'all gonna shut the fuck up and listen now." And they did. And she started doing her jokes, and she's just talking Dude, about it the whole time. Isn't she great, man? And then she says something. Something comes up about stripping because it used to be a strip club. Uh -huh. Somebody said, "Y'all gonna start stripping or something like that?" Because she's got the audience in now, and all the assholes already left. You know, so right. now it's a good time. Yeah. And she says, "Brad, you better get up and do your job." I got up and started unbuttoning my shirt, and she's like going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the background I started singing and stuff and I'm stripping and I'm acting like I'm crying you know yeah, and yeah. somebody older lady runs up start throwing fucking money right and I was like this might be lucrative and yeah. I was like this is a strip club she keep the like, money she gave you when you started stripping she started throwing it in tip bucket she came oh, up okay. started throwing it and then a guy runs out of nowhere he, he looking at jazz he's pointing at her he fucking baseball slides in front of the stage and just throws all the business oh, Shirt, shirts gosh. fucking open and the funny thing about it too is jazz has such a key so I get down to my last button too. I'll finish right. that last button. I'm like, how far are you going to take this? <laughs> like, how far? You? Yeah. Because, oh, that's one thing I missed too. While I was on stage, one of the fucking Hail Marys I threw is I looked out at Ryan and he's laughing his ass off because Ryan loves a shit show, right? Yeah. He's like, this is hilarious because Brad has tried everything he can. <laughs> I looked at Ryan and I was like, I'm going to whip my fucking dick out. I'm going to whip my fucking dick out there's nothing working and like people in the audience are dying the people that are paying attention the five people that can hear me are really? laughing their ass off so anyway so yeah i got down the last button i was like how far are you willing to take this and like <laughs> no nah, so, so i stopped and everything like people were coming up and putting money in the tip bucket and i sit down and that guy come you know and uh comes up jazz says something you know uh, like playing with her and now the audience is in they're playing with us yeah. and, and Jazz has a six fucking sense, man. I never even got a whiff of this. But Jazz just stops. She looks around the room and she says, hold on. How many of y'all are swingers? And every <laughs> fucking couple in there went, whoa. And oh I said, holy shit. How did she point that out? And then there's a guy there. And he's like, she's like, which one's your wife? Which one's your girlfriend? He said, this is my wife. 20 years. This is our girlfriend. Three years. And uh. she was like, good. 
for you. And she makes a joke about joining the Trump. And it's hilarious, right? So then brings it around at the end of the night. Look, it's a good fucking story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, you and you have shows like that sometimes. Dude, you know? that's amazing. Oh, my God. The swinger, Swingers Bar. This oh. is at Iva. I'm, yeah, Iva, South Carolina. It was fun, but no, I mean, like, and like we were talking about, you have shows that like are really. Yeah. We, we and that's one thing we do is we try. We have like there are two pillars, which is like, you know, the Palmetto Distillery, which is amazing. Then we have Oconee Community o- Oconee Community Theater. Theater. Yeah, and tell me about that show. That looks like a that looks like a great show. It's really fun. So the way I got into it, um, I did a play there back in 2013. You did a play? Yeah. What what play was it? What part? So it's called play? Wrong Window, and I played a guy that wore a wife beater, all, a tank top all the time that beat his wife. Right, <laughs> and I want everyone to understand you know that is you nothing like. like me. I don't wear tank tops. <laughs> Okay. That's a joke I did on stage when I did it there. I was like, "That's nothing like me. I don't wear tank tops." Yeah, and like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. corny. But anyway, um, so I did this play, and I got really connected to the theater. That was like 2013. I started going up there on the weekends. Mm-hmm. I was going to school full time, and I wasn't working, so I go up there all the time and help them build sets and yeah. stuff. And like, it was uh, it was fun playing just an angry dude that like beat his wife. Honestly, <laughs> it really like all I did. The, my dialogue was, "You stupid whore." And like, oh fuck it, like, yeah, it was, dude, I had an old woman gasp in the That's audience intense. one time because the girl I was playing against. So is this like a drama? Like wrong? No, it's a comedy. It was a comedy. It was a comedy. Absolutely. Oh it was a drama comedy. So it's a take off of like the old, like, oh my God, Alfred Hitchcock, I think it was, uh-huh. where they see a mur- murder through the window or something like that. Uh-huh. And um, the whole thing takes place and there's an apartment and you see a window and it's supposed to look into my apartment and okay. I'm supposed to have murdered my wife or something. Okay. So you see like, I only had... So wrong window is like you're looking through, yeah. the, win- you're looking through the wrong window. Yeah, you're exactly. that's messed up you're not supposed so to see. So it's mostly, it's okay. a comical take on that original story right. by Alfred Hitchcock. And, like, at one point, what was so funny is, like, the girl I played against, like, was really good at acting stuff. She taught me how to do a fake slap and, like, make it look like I hit her face and hit my hit my side and make it sound like I just slapped a piss out of her. So you do this and you make a slap yeah, so with your you, other hand? you got to time it. When you start to swing, she'll turn her head real quick and you smack the side of your pants and it looks like you slapped her. Yeah. So I did that one time and I had a lady go, <gasps> Like, uh, really thought, like, we were method. Like, oh I was slapping this person, right? Yeah. But I did hit her one time by accident. Timing just wasn't quite right, right? I got a couple of fingers on the chin. I was like, I'm so oh sorry. Not bad, though. And yeah. she was like, you know, I kind of... No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. I was going to make a joke of, like, yeah, actually... She, she liked it? No, oh, <laughs> actually, actually. No, I'm just uh, joking. That's that's a complete joke. But no, um, so it was fun and stuff like that. So and you I had some people through the theater that through that? Yeah, so I met the people, the person that ran the play that directed it and actually ran the theater, his name is Herschel Harper, and he's he's awesome guy. And his wife, I got close to them and their whole family, really. And um, so I hadn't talked to him in years. I used to, you know, every once in a while I'd talk to him, and I hadn't talked to him in years, and probably 10 years. And he, or not 10 years, probably like eight or something. And he called me up out of nowhere and said, hey, want a comedy club? Huh? And I said, "Yeah." He said, Hell "I yeah. see." He said, "Well, he asked. He called. And he said, can I speak to the uh, world-renowned comedian Bradley Deaton?'" <laughs> and I was like, "You got him, but I got very limited time for you. I'm a very businessman, you know." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "He's like 70, 80 years old, awesome guy." And he said, "You want a comedy club?" And he, me and him, just got talking. And what he said was, he had found out 
that I was doing comedy and stuff, and they had been trying to come up with ideas because they have a main theater, but they started doing this smaller theater in the building uh-huh. and that could hold like 110 to 130 or something. That's perfect. And um, he said, we want a comedy club. We think it'd be there's nothing like that around here, really, uh-huh. and we'd love to do something. And I said, um, yeah, and I told him all about the Palmetto Distiller and what we're doing there, and he said, well, I want to, you know, can you replicate that here? Yeah. And I said, I yeah, let's let's do it. Let's see what yeah. we what kind of audience you have in there and this that, and other. And the first night we had like eighty people, audience Dude, members. Dude, these audiences you're pulling are, I, are I have unbelievable. No, and like I said, I, I'm just very grateful. I mean, I have no idea what we're doing. I yeah. mean, we're, what kind of promotions are you guys doing? Well, are you advertising in the local community? Are you um? So for the Palmetto Distillery, instantly off the bat, that's why I was talking about like having a venue that supports you and actually wants to like make this happen and do everything they can to make it better with you right right and instantly from uh, from the first show they were pushing the advertisements on facebook and stuff like that and i guess those were getting out Uh and um we started getting really good audience members all the way from the beginning and we thought that was gonna you know you think like oh first couple shows they're interested in something different Uh and um it kept carrying over, you know, it kept yeah. happening and it, we're very, very happy about it. I mean, we're, I mean, it's amazing. And with Oconee, it's like, they have ties in with like the local radio station. 94.1, I do believe is the one I went on. So I okay. went on with Herschel, the first show we did and, uh, told him that was the first show we did was with me, Ryan Rubin, um, David Zasloff and, uh, sauce got jokes. Okay. And so it was a nice. good That's show, a fun show. Right? Fun yeah. show. And sauce um, is great. So yeah. I went on the radio and promoted that. And uh, and a lot of the people that came, too, are supporters of the theater. Right. So the theater had been closed down for three years because a tornado okay. tore, tore it up. Uh-huh. Uh, d- uh, they had some weather damage and stuff. That, so they've been trying to renovate it. And that's where yeah. the smaller room came from, too. And they had this bar across the hall from it that they did. It almost looks like kind of a speakeasy kind of thing, like a yeah. diner set up. Yeah. And so... Um, Anyway, they um, a lot of people wanted to support the theater. You could tell it was a very old crowd. Like it was a very yeah. older white crowd. Yeah. And um, what's funny is like David Zasloff is amazing, and he's an amazing comedian. And he's very good at giving you advice. And like if he get, tells you something, most of the time it's right. I mean, it's, it's absolutely on, on the money, yeah. right? And we were sitting there at that show, and me and Sauce was talking about like how, what kind of set are we about to have? Yeah. Like, what What should we go for? And David walks in the room and goes, uh, what are y'all, what are y'all talking about? It's like, well, we're talking about like what kind of material we should do. And he said, oh, clean. Absolutely. hundred percent. You need to go out there and be clean. And Ryan walks up and, uh, I, Ryan's like, what are y'all talking about? And I was like, and David said, I'll say, and that crowd right there is a clean comedy crowd. And Ryan said, well, this is about to be interesting. Because Ryan's Ryan not doesn't a have, clean. Ryan not, doesn't have clean. No, he's Ryan not a clean no comedian. Clean. Right. And I'm not either. I have enough i could clean things up yeah. and probably do eight to ten minutes of clean comedy right yeah wow. like like me and you even talked about that like you have yeah. to know the room you have to read the room and a lot of the shows i do now and we're in the south and stuff like that i had to shut out a lot of my darker material yeah. right i have to do yeah. more mainline material yeah and you like sound that. like a southern person and they still sometimes can... i trick them yeah no i'm just kidding um <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, I was roasted. I've had to, yeah, I've had to de-darken a lot of my shit over the last couple of years. Oh, there's so many jokes I used to do that I, I still love and will do if the moment's right. But 
I cut out because like I even told you there's an instance and this is totally I'm, my ADD is kicking in. I'm running all over the place. So follow with me. But um, going off on this rant real quick, like one of the first shows I did at Palmetto Distillery, like it was the third show I'd done there and um, I was hosting and it was Shelly Belly was headlining once uh-huh. again. And you can tell the kind of audience. She's a headlining comic that brings in comics. That right. Brings they're in expecting the to see her. So yeah. they're not. And always thrilled to see somebody different or and, and that's funny yeah. like even like your set the night you perform with her it wasn't a bad set it was that it was for the wrong uh, you know it wasn't for the oh, back first of the set right. was bad second one was all right but, well i'm yeah. just saying like mine as well i don't think necessarily like yeah it was a bad set it was just i should have you know you got you lean toward that audience a little bit more yeah yeah, yeah. and um the yeah. first time i opened for her, i just went balls to the wall <laughs> i went balls to the wall i sat there and i did a pedophile joke and the mistake with pedophile jokes. See, the things with pedophile jokes is it has to be very delicate. And it has to be very funny. That's very good, yeah. And I said the word pedophile. And <laughs> once I said the word pedophile, nobody wanted anything to do with me anymore. <laughs> once I said, hey, this guy in my neighborhood used to be a pedophile, they were like, no, we're not going to like this. We're not going to listen to you. And um, they shut down. And for the rest of my set, which I was at the end of my set, thank God. But for the rest of my set, I'm trying to pick them up. Yeah. And, and my mistake, too, is like, and I'm like, oh, my God, Jess Cooley's coming on after me. Like, oh, shit. Jess Cooley's fucking amazing. Yeah. How did and Jess do? Oh, Jess did good because Jess, Jess is unrelenting, though. Yeah. They 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 want to be offended, but he won't let them. You know yeah. what I mean? He's one of those that just keeps jabbing at them and keeps yeah. chiseling away. It's so, he's so good at acknowledging. Yeah. He's so good at acknowledging. I understand that you are uncomfortable. I understand where you are right I now. I know you are uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. He is he is this thing of like playing off of that to make it a joke in its own, right? Yeah. Like they yeah. he'll look at somebody and be like, You are gonna jump me in the parking lot. Yeah. And he'll make a joke out of that. And he'll right. he'll play off it's of the uncomfortabilities. Yeah, really sure. good at that. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing is like, I gotta set them up for him. Like I can't I let him go in cold, like and I've just killed the whole crowd. They don't like me anymore. And I couldn't win him back. Right. So when I brought him up, I whispered in his ear and I was like, I'm so fucking sorry for what I just did to you. <laughs> and he, got, he was like, we're good. And he walks up there and he's just chiseled out. He had a rough go for a little bit because yeah. he's trying to win him back. Right. But that's the thing okay, about so, like. So back to Ryan's show at, at Oconee. Yeah. When Ryan was like, oh, it's going to be interesting. Did yeah. you have any more to that with like. Yes. Yeah, so, so the thing is like, it's the first show and you could tell they weren't into the dark like ryan uh-huh. got up there and the thing is is to this day like and i'm not trying to spill if ryan comes on the podcast again he'll tell this story yeah and i don't want to ever like spill his story or something like that but no, it was it, it obviously we'll didn't go out. very well <laughs> and he and that's that's from him like because like he got up there and it the, didn't go great <laughs> it didn't go great like because he, he got up there and he then tell me exactly what happened I, so <laughs> He gets like Ryan Rubin once again and telling everybody out there, Ryan Rubin's amazing comedian. And the funny thing about this too is, is Ryan's so funny. I, I do want to do a thing of like to preference the how bad this one it went for him. I love Bob the experience. next show that we did in Atlanta, he murdered the audience. They were crying, laughing, rolling yeah. all over each other. He killed and when he got off, it was like because he was still and it, he was still broken from O'Connor when we did the next one. Yeah. So Dude, he was your like, best shows oh, I, are after you bomb often. Yeah. And he was like, so. okay, now I feel better. Like, cause he was like, I, I've got to wash this steak off of me. And he got up there and killed. But the O'Connor show, he gets up there and he instantly stumbled. Like he went in hot. Like, cause Ryan, 
you have to understand, like, this is a lot of really blue-haired people, and this guy from New Jersey gets on stage and goes, fucking, and starts talking about, like, and he says something about, he says some <laughs> sex joke. Bye. And like some sex joke or something. And he stumbled on it and then they smelled blood and they're all kind of trying to alchemate. And then he started stumbling and you could tell he wasn't, he wouldn't give him the Ryan Rubin experience. Cause he's so, he's so into it and he, he does crowd work and he's so animated. You could see him start doing the like you know the head rub and i've done it a thousand times a head rub of like oh shit i gotta get this this together and he came off and so when he came off stage i said i recorded your set for you and he said fucking delete it he was like delete it immediately and um so so it took me a while to get him back though connie because we were going to co-host us together right yeah and um he was going to host the next one. I had an older woman come up to me afterwards and saying, y'all are so funny. It was such a great show. But that guy from New Jersey was a little, little, you know, a little too far for my taste. And I was like, okay, ma'am. And, um, <laughs> but no, so Ryan was like, you take this one. And I was like, listen, I'll take it for a little while. It will start you know, doing it. I want you to come back. And he did. When he came back. He did the set, did exactly. He didn't, you know, clean anything up really. He just was on. He went out there confident, and he he did really, really well. And yeah. then he just hosted a show there by with um, he was there with Ken and Dante. No, yeah. with Ken Dante and uh, saw, Scooter. Yeah. Or and uh, oh my God, it's hilarious because you see photos online. Uh-huh. of scooter on stage and these older women taking off his shirt like i'm pulling his shirt up or something and i'm yeah. just like they had a good time yeah but like no it's so funny Dude, those bombing stories are so great uh but yeah and um yeah and i'll just throw it in here because we're talking about our show or the shows and stuff uh any comedians that watch this that are interested in being on those shows uh a lot of people ask me when i talk to them like how they get on it just uh message me uh send me how, uh 10 minute clip that's kind of the minimum we'll take it's like 10 minutes you gotta yeah. at least do a 10 minute set because yeah. most of our comedians the way we we uh you know like schedule it out is that we do four 20 minute sets yeah and it seems to be a perfect time and stuff like that and we're going to change things in the future as far as when we have a really you know headlining comedian sorry uh-huh. no you're that. good these go plug sometimes but um a headlining comedian come through, of course, they'll do like a 30 or 40 minute set and then have just like maybe one comedian instead or maybe two or a 10 minute comedian or something. Okay. But um, anyway, if you're interested in doing the shows, uh, send me or Ryan Rubin a 10 minute video of one of your best sets and just how much time you can do maximum. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, Dude, this is exciting. You guys, you know, doing this production stuff. We're we're trying to do. Our, uh, I mean, you, and you go you go after headlining comedians that are big names, right? Didn't yeah. you tell me about how you? Because uh, you told me this. Uh, <laughs> you, you tried to book Rory Scovel. I tried to book Rory Scovel. I yeah. absolutely did. So well, you slid into his DMs, like, what and was, he messaged me back. Yeah, and it was awesome. Well, I was just happy. So there's a whole, and we won't get into all the stuff that prefers it. Uh, well, actually, we can. Who gives a shit? Um. Well, we, there was a comedian in the scene that was stealing material. Yeah. And you've talked about it on your show before and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was this bad situation. Yeah. He was stealing material from Rory Scovel. Yeah. So the funny thing about that was, was he had said to somebody that he didn't think it was that big of a deal because it was working basically. And the comedian and the audience didn't care. <laughs> and that kind of pissed me off. Right. So I messaged Rory Scovel on Instagram and said, Hey, just want to let you know, because this is Rory Scoville's hometown. He is from yeah. Greenville. Rory is one of the funniest comedians. 
on the planet, I think. Oh, he's hilarious. He's, yeah. If you watch him do these sets where he goes out and he doesn't have anything in mind and he does a whole hour special of him not. Yeah, he did a special called uh, Live Without Fear um, yes. at the uh, Relapse Theater. It's available on YouTube for free if you want to check that out. But yeah, and it's a I'm really- a huge Rory fan. I've been watching the other special I've been recommending to people recently is Rory Scoble tries stand up for the first time I think I've on Netflix. I think, dude, that special. Oh my gosh. I played it for a couple of people. And like, you know, sometimes like if you're really fucking with a comedian, like you think maybe it's just me that's laughing hard at this, but like I've showed it to people. That special. Oh gosh, to me it makes other stand-up specials look like stupid. Like, like in terms of just he he plays characters like it's so just ridiculous know. and wall-to-wall laughs. Um, yeah, he's very big wild. Roy Fist. That's the guy we're talking about. Yeah, so he's you awesome. Tried, so and you tried to book this guy. So okay, so I slid into his DMs um, saying you up like and no, I was like I just told him a guy you up. <laughs> in the area was still in his material, and he messes back and he was like. Man, uh, he was like, "Who, who is it? Like, is this a big comic or like?" Uh, well, and I had, I, no, I think I had preference that it was just like a smaller comic that was booking gigs with his material, though. But it said that, and he was like, "Is it a local comic in the area?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "This guy's like," I said, "It's not like he's a big comic, but he's booking shows with your material." Yeah. And he said, "Let me ask you, what material?" So I told him what jokes and stuff like that, and um. He said, I'm just curious, to be honest. And he was like, man, he was like, it's hard. He's like, it sucks so bad when that happens to you. He's like, there's nothing I can even do about it. Right. He was like, this, but this is terrible that like this comedian's going out there still on myself. He's like, thank you for telling me and stuff. And to be honest too, and I think I told you this too, he's such a nice guy because I was constantly in my head of like, I don't want to take up any more of this guy's time. Right. And I was constantly like, well, I just want to let you know, thank you for, you know, uh, thank you for your time. Yeah. And he was like, you touring in the area? Doing shows in the area? Are you riding through? And I was like, oh, no, I'm from the area. Like, I do comedy, but I'm... He he thought I was a touring comedian. This is the best. <laughs> he thought you, were a big, he, he thought you were a big deal? You yeah, big I should have played it Why off. Not? I was like, yeah, you know, I am. And if you ever need a... You know, I might be available if you need somebody to open, you know? And uh, no, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm in the area. And I saw the guy do this. And um, it was kind of cut it. And then he started... He was like, I really want to get back to doing comedy. He, like, started opening up and saying... uh. I've been filming he all this. He took a break at this point. He wasn't really touring. Yeah, he wasn't touring. He was like, I can't wait to get back on the road, man. He was like, I can't wait to do it. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, that's awesome. So, you know, I had a little conversation with him back and forth. And finally, I just said, uh, you know, you have a good one, man. And, you know, we cut off. But I was like, he kept messing back. And I was like, dude, this guy's like super fucking. I was like, why is this guy, why is this guy talking to me? Yeah. I'm nothing, dude, you know. But before we so the, the comic that was stealing material, were you the one that edited the flyer? There was somebody did this. Oh, it was, it was a flyer. Me. It was booked at. It was like a comedy zone flyer or something where this person, well, I won't say his name, but was was booked. And you put Rory Scovel's face over the, the guy's poster. poster, and it got her, and it got around. And I was like, it was kind of on the underground because I, well, I was so new to comedy too. I didn't want to piss. I really didn't want to seem like I was just being an asshole too. No. Like I was so afraid then. Like even and, when I came I, on yeah. the podcast, like I didn't know all the comedians in this area. I, yeah. I didn't have a good rapport. I, I did really didn't want to sit there and look like, oh, he's a shit starter. Yeah. But it was funny as fuck, well, and this, I don't this regret it. This is all it, ancient history too, by the way. It, oh, absolutely. It, it had been addressed. Is, He's wasn't. He does not do, once that was discovered, and uh, and he doesn't then, really do stand up anymore. No, I, he I, doesn't. I mean, he was a nice enough guy. I was just fucking. 
Well, it's just, hard to even say that when you steal jokes because that's that's kind of like a well, cardinal sin of stand. That's like the only thing we care about. Well, that's the thing, and the thing about that too is there's comedians that were working really hard to get material to be able to do these showcases he was getting. He was getting showcases to yeah. showcase the best comedians in the area. Yeah. And he's getting these showcases, and there's comedians that are way better than him that aren't getting this opportunity because he is, right. and he's getting it off of stolen material, and that's like, yeah, that's crass in itself, right? Yeah, you can't sure. you can't understand why people were upset about this, yeah. And um, he just kind of fell off and stopped doing comedy, but um, yeah, like, and it was oh my gosh, and you you edited talking about editing, you did something that was hilarious, yeah. You edited a video. And you cut back and forth between his set and another guy that he was stealing from set who yeah. was on like dry bar or something. Yeah. And you switched back and forth. And it was identical. Yeah. Identical to the set. I, yeah, it was a late night set. It was like a verbatim joke for joke. Uh, and uh, I didn't I didn't share that. I have it, though, in case anybody ever wonders or needs oh, evi- thought, or needs evidence. I thought you it. did share. Oh, well, it, it was it, uh, it's it's a. Uh, oh. Uh, it's a hidden video on my YouTube channel. It's not available. Oh, okay. But I just, I, I wait. It's important to like prove it because there's no way to prove some of these things. It's like well, a no, kind of it gray was, area. Well, the same you never thing. Know what the person's end game is with that? Like, are they going to eventually like just try and get better at stand up and write their own stuff by the time they get to a certain level? Or once you start stealing, are you going to just continue to steal? I, see, I don't. There, there is times. There's subjects. That comics talk about that are very close and are almost unavoidable to talk about. Of course, it's not, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. <laughs> stuff is going to be similar, and that's going to happen. And and some of us will sit there and like when I was starting and stuff like that, I could imagine sitting there seeing something and being like, "Oh, that would be funny if I went and did this and like try to change." Not not did the stand up, <laughs> but the subject. Right. right, like someone says a subject and sees it in a light, and it shines something on to something maybe I want to address, and I can see where somebody can mess up and do that, and that wasn't a problem. And the the problem was verbatim stealing, and keep doing it over it, and over again, and literally like one of the yeah. last messages he sent to me. I know I, I just keep I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, I don't know. It just keeps drifting. But um, yeah. Anyway, I'll just get real close. Yeah. A- ASMR. Just, just lick ASMR. the mic. Hey, everybody! Yeah, don't, I don't want to lick this lick. fucking. After all the comedians that have held yeah. this microphone, I do not yeah. want to catch something. Yeah. What were we talking about? I don't know. Stealing. No, but um, yeah, just uh, like the last thing that he said to one of the comedians before he like when he said he was going to quit, there was one thing that he said like when he was late, on the way out of like. When he went and did that show where you saw him and he did it again. Yeah. And um, it was the last show he did. And he said to somebody, nobody gives a fuck if I'm still and I'm not going to stop. Like he acted remorse, remorseful and then came back with the, nobody cares. Yeah. I can get away with this. Yeah. And we were like, and the person, I'm not going to call them out. They said something along the lines of, well, good luck being booked. <laughs> like people are not going to book you if you're doing that. Out of yeah. respect for other comics that they can book that really write material. Yeah, for and sure. Yeah, it's a it was a weird thing. It was an awkward thing, but out of all of it, me and Rory Schofield so are Rory best friends. We are best we're friends. Best friends. Now. The lesson is, yeah. I don't know if you saw me at the premiere of Babylon. I was there. <laughs> I was just yeah, in a new movie Babylon. Yes, with uh, Brad Pitt and uh, yeah. And when Rory Schofield so watches funny this, he's in that dude. It's yeah, great. No, he's really. a good actor. He is a good actor. Did yeah. you ever watch some a show he did? Yeah. Um, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You what is the show called? 
Uh, it's called. It's a name. It's not his. He his character's name, and I can't remember. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I not, can't remember. I don't want to like spin my wheels. It's not. Damn it. Roy Scovel TV show. Google that. Yeah, and it was really good. It was him being a basketball uh, coach. It reminded me a lot of Eastbound and Down, if you like that show. Um, Absolutely. Actually, that's like a really good comparison. Yeah, because um, he's yeah. like kind of this oblivious, delusional like ex-athlete coaching little coaching basketball, and his oh dad God. hates him. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 really good. And and this message goes out to Roy Scovel. Roy Scovel, come, come to our show. Oh, I didn't even get that part. I messaged Corey after that. Rory, yeah. Corey Scoville, Corey Scoville, you know him. Um, no, Rory, after that, the whole thing of trying to book him on Palmetto Distillery, I saw he was coming to Comedy Zone. I know he lives in the area, and I thought, well, he might be in town for a couple of days. Uh-huh. And I was like, listen, um, I know this is shot in the dark, but I would love that we have this small show, and I know it's nothing like yeah. you could do. Uh, it's not an auditorium. This is just, and I told him how many people it said. I was completely honest with him, and I was like, but. I, it would mean it would be so awesome if you wanted to do this if you had the time. Yeah. And he said, um, "When's your next show?" And uh-huh. uh, you know, I had to address that he was going to be in town in June. I said we could put it any time. He said, "When is it?" That's why he said, "When is it?" And I said, "Any time you want it to be." Right. <laughs> I was like, "Cause I we would have moved mountains. We were like talking right. about Palmetto, and we was like." We got a nibble from Rory Scovo, and they was like, "You want to open at three a.m.? We'll open at fucking three a.m. Like right. we'll do this." Right. And um. So I talked to him about it and he asked me when it was and it just kind of, and then he asked me, he said, you ever been at Commie Zone? Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, I've been up to Commie Zone. That's all I said. And um, it just kind of, I think we went back and forth for a second and he was like, yeah, how long y'all been doing it? or something? And it just kind of fizzled out because I wasn't by no means, I didn't want to be like, yeah abrasive or weird or anything you asked me about comedy zone too and i was like are you gonna ask me that dude it's it's always (laughs) nerve-wracking like when you message a celebrity though like that's how i got uh, david keckner to do this show yeah from uh from anchorman i i I chickened out asking him in person but i sent him a dm and as soon as you send it you're like ah and then when they reply back it's crazy it's like oh my gosh i used to be odd about that because even Mm -hmm. like gosh i don't know when i can't name a uh particular instance but there's totally been times where i've messaged somebody way out of my caliber that should not like even read my message about something like trying to get them like even like uh like a I, i've started to, I, I thought about starting a podcast a long time ago yeah, and i was yeah. like oh, i'm gonna see if this guy will do like the first episode which is ridiculous i didn't even have a podcast i was like i'm gonna start it and i'm gonna ask you to do it even yeah. though i have nothing established and um and i always felt ridiculous about that like why would these people even want to talk to me? Am I pathetic for reaching out to this person? But my thought on it now is no, by no means. You you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. So you might actually, what? You message a comedian and say, hey, can I open for you? Or can I do a thing or whatever? If they say no, then it's a no. You're in the same position you were in the first place. Yeah. If they say yes, you might get a really good, op- a good opportunity. You might yeah. go up there and do something. Yeah. So why not? Why not reach out? Why not try to? I mean, I told you the same thing about this podcast. I yeah. said I haven't reached out to very many people, and I, I told to. you to reach out to Rory Scoville yeah. next time you see him in town. I absolutely would because there might be a good chance that yeah. he'd be like, "Come to Comedy Zone." You show him the one with David Kackner. Say, "I set up in the green room. We can do this." Yeah. And he might absolutely do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you never sure. know. Just tell him my name. Just say Brad Deaton. <laughs> He'll be like, oh, shit, Brad. Oh, we're boys, My buddy, dude. we're boys, we're boys man. We're boys, dude. <laughs> we go fishing on the weekends. 
Yeah. Oh man, watches no. my back when somebody's stealing my shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how <laughs> that's how I won his heart. Yeah, know? for sure. Oh uh, yeah, man, that's a good that's a good point. You Dude, know, that is awesome. I've never noticed that. And oh here, yeah, speaking of respect, yeah. David, and I'm that's gonna, Norm you know I've never this on camera. One show second. it on, yeah, show it on camera. That is amazing. That is really cool. And talking, uh, and it feeds into what we're talking about, about famous people it's being- It's on topic. People. Yeah, this is uh, a tweet that, uh, yeah, Norm's. I didn't even read your tweet. Let me read your tweet. Oh, don't read my tweet. I'm reading your tweet. Just read your book. Oh, see, this is you sucking Norm McDonald's dick. No, I'm just kidding. Just read your book. Not, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not sure I understand everything you were up to, but damn, it was funny and thought-provoking. Been recommending it to people. They look at me weird when I mention the baby seal execution. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And then he says, respect David. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah respect, comma, David. Not respect me. Nobody no, nobody, nobody's going to um, fucking do yeah, that. A friend of mine, oh. um, I talked about that tweet because I loved it and I had it screenshotted. And a friend of mine, she uh, she printed it out and framed it and gave it to me as a gift. And that was very nice. Yeah, and that means a lot more now that he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> is that that let norm mcdonald would have laughed at that i think <laughs> yeah, maybe it's worth something oh my god i don't know no dude but uh yeah those celebrity sightings and and interactions are just they're really fun did you ever they're see really the fun. thing about amy schumer schumer and uh greenville no she said she got accosted by a guy and girl you never heard about this it was a big story for a little it was a big story as long as amy schumer was big was which was a millisecond yeah um oh da, da, i just didn't like i didn't uh -huh. think she was that funny and she was a joke stealer she was a joke thief yeah. when she was still in jokes i told yeah. rory scoville about that too he didn't care that much about that <laughs> There's another person so no amy schumer amy is doing schumer. your material do rory scoville so oh uh, so she got accosted by a guy in greenville so that's what she said she said something about well he so I don't know who posted first, him or her, but apparently, and the guy has the video. It's kind of weird to walk up to a celebrity with a cell phone in their face. Uh -huh. Apparently, she was going for a jog or something, and the guy was like, "Oh, Amy Schumer," and was just so excited to see a comedian. She was doing comedies on, I guess, uh -huh. and she like turned around and she was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" But she she posed it as if like this guy was like, "Hey, like coming out of the shadows and like grabbed her." Tied he to, was like, just an excited fan. He yeah, and then the news fan. interviewed him, and he was like, "I just want a video of Amy Schumer." Like, I yeah. really love all these comedians' material that she does, yeah. and I, that was the closest <laughs> I was ever going to get to him. So, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the people she steals from. I'm a huge fan of them. Yeah, you know. So this was my this was my one shot to by, meet by proxy by proxy by proxy. <laughs> Just shitting on Amy Schumer. What haven't we touched on, David? We shit on Amy Schumer. I don't know. We um, brought up, uh, passed oh, off. Yeah, we talked about the scandal. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> that was funny at the time. It was. It was actually like, I, I get. We're in Greenville. It's boring. We yeah, need dude. something. We, we need, need something we need to feed drama. into. And that's the funny thing. It's obviously boring. We do podcasts. I don't have much drama in my life. So when I say, <laughs> so I like to like peer at it from afar, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. I like to see the meme. Somebody made a meme the other day and it was two people like 
two people like smiling, eating popcorn or whatever or something. Mm-hmm. And it said two open mic co- or two comics watching. I think it was Bill posted. It was Michael Jackson eating popcorn. That was it. And so they're <laughs> watching two comedians. I don't know, have a Facebook argument. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I'm guilty of that shit all the yeah. time. Like, <laughs> well, speaking of like open mic scenes and drama and stuff, I, uh, you know, I was in Denver last week and I, okay. um, my flight was canceled. So I had to spend the night there. So I looked up open mics in Denver and uh, I was kind of nervous. You know, I don't like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm comfortable here. And, uh, you know, but doing an open mic in a big city like Denver, I was like, ah, but then I was like, kind of like you were saying, miss shots you don't take, whatever. Yeah. And don't be a pussy. So I took an Uber there and, uh, you know, there was like a ton of names on this list. It was at this bar called the Monkey Barrel in Denver. And uh, Garrett was the guy that hosted and uh, he followed back on Instagram. It was a really nice dude. But, uh, but dude, it was weird being in a different open mic scene. And I don't know. Have you done any in, in different cities? I mean, Atlanta, maybe. So I haven't. Okay. And that's the only one I've went to. And that's so weird. Like, and for anybody that doesn't know this, I, I live in Wahala, South Carolina, in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. So to get to any comedy, and that's one reason, like I love having a comedy show that I host in Seneca because it's right. It's You're bringing 20. comedy out to people that well, don't have good access. to That's it. amazing, and also I hate fucking driving. Right. So it's twenty minutes prepared to like coming out here for an open mic, like is an hour and ten minutes it's for a me. process. Yeah. So um, I haven't like I've been wanting to go to Asheville. I've been saying that ever since I started. Yep. I want to go to Asheville because yep. they got a really good scene. The only one I stretched out to do is I went to Athens not too long ago, uh-huh. and um funny comedian stuff it was a it was a workout room the guy told me that too it's yeah. like he was like this is more of a low-key kind of show there's not gonna be many audience members he, yeah. he was he was straight up with me yeah and i was i needed to go work out some material anyway yeah. so i went and did it and um but uh yeah it's funny it's fun. yeah i mean it's uh well here's what i thought like seeing it like you know 20 gosh there's probably like 30 plus name i had to wait 20 people almost or 15 or something to go up but i was just watching and it was like they were really good like the joke writing was good and everything but the thing i noticed was like open mics are the same everywhere Mm -hmm. like it was kind of a workout room you know and you know they had probably like five or six real audience and then like eight comics or whatever yeah they would kind of come in and out and there are people writing jokes and stuff but it was the same shit. It was the same shit. Even the people were the same. I felt like I was in Bizarro World episode of Seinfeld. You seen that episode? When, yeah. When yeah, when Elaine meets a different version and of they're Jerry all so Kramer. nice and they're Ooh. nice, but they're very they're similar. And yeah, they're also nice and the they're like they're like the opposite kind of. But I was like, dude, I know this host. This host is like exactly like James Harrod in Asheville. I know this guy. Like I didn't know him, but I kind of knew him. And then they had like this. You know, kind of big dude going bald with a beard who was just like unhinged kind of. I was like, dude, there's traps. There's yeah. like another. And, and like, I don't know. It was like the comment. It was weird that it was it was the same game being played all over the country. And well, like, I imagine you would have the same. I mean, I don't know this, but you could tell me if this is true. I would imagine that you would have this situation where you'd have different comics that tried the same kind of material like here you have comics that go up and try to be super edgy and then you have the people that do the southern humor and then you have the people that try to do all the crowd work i imagine you have those kind of people in every area you do yeah you have like the weird kind of alternative type of you know style where they're kind of doing a character you had a lot of very smart (laughs) 
comic. I mean, you had smart jokes delivered with this kind of tone of voice that was very dry and sarcastic. And that tone of voice was pretty consistent on a lot of comics I saw. Um, mm. Really good joke writing. Um, but it was still just stand-up. It was crazy. Um, and I don't know. Maybe that's like self-evident and obvious to people. But just to see it somewhere else, I was like, man, there's the same kind of... That's pretty cool. It's not that, well, yeah. But I was also like, it's not that special here. It's like the well, same. That's awesome. <laughs> you get the opportunity to like try to find mics in different states when yeah. you travel and stuff like that. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, you get nervous too because you're like, is the stuff I've prepared not going to work? So part of me was telling myself like, look, these are just jokes. This is the same. Mm-hmm. So don't psych yourself out and try to like no. change it to where you're trying to be funny how they're funny. Just do what you're doing. And it went fine. It was a good set. It was fine. And, well, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. But also, I was like, this is the same vibe. Like, I didn't have the energy. Like, if I had just discovered this for the first time, I'd probably be like, I want to talk to all these people. I want to, like, get to know. But I was like, I didn't even have the energy to, like, network at that point. I was like, you know what? Uh, yeah. This this is great. This is great. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't yeah. have the, you know. Well, that's good. I'm glad it went well and stuff like that. And, yeah. And, and also, I mean you know you shouldn't sock yourself up about going out it's the same thing but also i would want to know like i'd be yeah, like if i'm, I'm this know. far from home yeah is my stuff still relevant is i mean it, yeah is there something it's just you it's just you at the end of the day well so exactly like, will and they that, understand me here heck i worry about it because i've cultivated my comedy based upon powdered distillery for the most part yeah i mean a lot of and that that's really the truth because i do this show all the time just like ready room is one that always sticks out to me because I could always do really edgy material in radio room. Yeah. And when, you know, the, and it go good, yeah. you know what I mean? But I couldn't do that material somewhere else. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, and the, the rooms are different. And yeah. it's a very, it's a very odd thing. It's very For cool. Sure. Yeah. And Denver, I mean, the other thing about it too, is they uh definitely more PC, I think. Um, yeah, a little bit more like if I, if it was on a political spectrum, a little bit left, um, but not not that. I mean, they they had some savage savage comics there. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was cool. I mean, all the stuff like they had inside jokes, you know, mm. amongst the comics. Uh, they would like make a lot of noise for the last comedian. The last comedian was going up. They'd all bang the chairs. This is the last comedian. And they'd be like, oh. that's good. And they were having fun, dude. It was a cool scene. But also, it was the same. And so it's like part of you, when you start somewhere, you think that this is special. This is the only place mm. this kind of thing happens. But it happens elsewhere. It's kind of like going to like an alien planet or something. Yeah. And they're not that different from you. Well, that's So just, that was kind of cool. That's know? like we were talking about the surrounding areas, right? Like, I mean, when I started doing stand-up, the first time I ever did it, and I think I told you, I, I kind of explained the last time, so I won't go over it again. But it was this moment where I was like, I've been talking about this forever. I really want to try this. I'm going to try it. I'm 30 years old. I'm going to go try this. Yeah. And uh, so I looked up, like, I think there's a comedy club in Greenville. I look yeah. up Comedy Zone. And I'm like, they have an open mic on Thursday. Awesome. I'm going to go to that. And so then I, that's when you observed first or no, did you perform i, I was like i'm there. gonna go pull the band off i need dude, to you, get on the got stage guts, man. Yeah. so I, I went there and i do it and then as you're talking to the comedians you realize like you think this is this really nice thing that is only happening you could barely find it but the fact of the matter was was every comic was like i should come to coffee underground you should come to radio room there's yeah. an open mic here there's an open mic there there's a whole if you, underground if network you wanna, yeah if you want to yeah. go to Asheville, they got three open mics that happen a week there you don't want to go this way to atlanta there's open mics 
there are really, really awesome open mics down there. From what I hear, I haven't head out that way. But what I'm saying is like, and even Athens, I happened to stumble across like some Athens comedians. Yeah. And realize this place, Athens has a comedy scene right. within itself. I mean, For I had sure. no idea. Yeah. And it, it's so cool to kind of see it cultivate itself. I mean, it's laughter, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody needs yeah. to laugh and like yeah. get away from life for and a the, second. And the comics are the same, probably. You know, whatever uh, dysfunction the comic has to like compel them to get on stage. Like, you're around like minded people. <laughs> You know, or at least in that way, they're like they're you know, and well, wanting to express themselves and subject themselves to yeah. public humiliation. Uh, yeah, exactly. People who have yeah. Well, that's what hit me about you and Travis's conversation while I was watching your podcast with him, where he was like, "You got to be a little conceited and think you have something worth saying to do yeah. comedy or this that, and other." And it is like, and it's not even, and it's not even just that or whatever. But it is this funny thing of that's the thing that goes through your head when you start to get on stage. Even and I know it probably yeah. goes through your head now. There's imposter times, syndrome that like yeah, self doubt. Yeah. There are times where I sit there and not being cocky or anything, but I'm like, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm I'm doing good. This this is good, you know. And I I got good laughs. I fell on top of the world. And then there's nights or days where it's not like I have a show or anything where I'm just like. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah, like, am I funny? Sure. Am I even funny? And yeah. I, I start like dissecting everything, getting down myself. I'm like, why do I think I have something yeah. to say that anybody wants to listen to? Yeah. And then I thought, I thought that one time I thought, man, am I pulling back the curtain? And when I get on stage next time, this is going to be very apparent to me. And I'm just going to be like, y'all don't need to listen to me. Yeah. Why am I? I'm an imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Is a great way to describe that. For sure. It's, uh, you don't want to stay in that place for too long. I don't think though. Cause like, Effort, man. Well, I think self awareness is important to comedy. It's also important in our day to day lives, it anyway, is. right? Like it is. But at the end of the day, you know, just don't overthink. Like I tell, I oh, tell myself I, this all the time: don't overthink it. And like, if you get, if you're hearing laughs, just be honest about what you're hearing. And then if you if you did good, be be okay telling yourself you did good. You yeah. did good. And and you know, enjoy that, and then just keep fucking doing it really just do it as much as you can and keep doing it well and we were talking about last time i was on the podcast and i i, I like i said i watched it the other day my whole thing just did to you say, I, I did yeah i watched I, my whole episode i appreciated you saying like you you've because i wouldn't have remembered everything we talked about so, so i was trying to say because i have a bad habit is i will tell you seven stories the same fucking the same way i every love time. that you brought stories bro that was and all, I'll, yeah. I'll i'll sit there and tell the same stories and so i was like i don't want to touch on the exact same thing again if i'm going to do this and i watched it again and i also watched it like once a week to masturbate to no, but um yeah i jerk off every week but like watch it actually what was funny is a buddy of mine walked in um i was at work and i was on break and i was watching my youtube video uh, on lunch i'm prefacing all this in case the boss watches i was on lunch break and i was no i was watching this video kind of you know and listening to it in the background and my buddy walks in and asked me what i'm doing and he looks at my computer and goes are you fucking watching yourself do a podcast you did a year and a half ago like what the he fuck was doing is, show prep this what is the great. fuck is wrong with you and i was like nobody feel comfortable i was like i'm fucking funny dude i was like i don't know what you're uh, no but um and it was some what was it i was god damn it i had a point to this but uh there was something i said or me and you touched on in that oh that was it i said in that podcast at the end of my uh, doing the podcast with you i said y'all have 25 minutes solid or whatever and i watched myself say that and i was like you stupid 
fuck? <laughs> like, you don't have 25. Like, you barely have. I have 20 solid minutes right now. Yeah. I have the longest that I've ever done is 24 minutes, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's like I was watching myself say that, and I was like, and at that time, the longest set I'd ever done was 10 minutes. So uh, I was like, how the fuck are you pitching this God, out? Like, you're some, an, I'll pull some Brad Dean stories you're out. Like, you're an asshole. I can crush like, 20. Oh, my God. No, that's cool, dude. I, uh, yeah. Well, how, Watching your own YouTube is funny. I, I, uh, I got embarrassed uh, recently because <laughs> I, I have uh, my the, you know, YouTube app on your TV. Yeah. So it shows your like YouTube search history yeah. or whatever, and we were like here with friends watching something, and uh, and I've watched like I'll check my clips on there sometimes yeah. to see how they're doing or yeah. whatever. So cool. in the search history was David Baker in the search history. I was like, yeah, I YouTube myself, fucking. And, so, and they're like, like David, you YouTube yourself. I was like, bro, shut it off, bro. Like, so I thought where this was going, we were like, I brought a girl over, and I was like, let me put something on the background. And like, <laughs> he was like, put on your podcast. She's like, is that your podcast? You're like, shh, shh, shh. Wait, wait watch this. You're like, right kissing our neck. You're like, man, I'm so fucking handsome. Oh you're like, my. you're fucking looking at the screen. You're like, God, I'm so fucking <laughs> smart. You're like. In the middle of sex, you're like, tell me I'm a good podcaster. Tell me I'm a good podcaster. (laughs) Oh, another thing we talked about last time, too, is you were asking me, like, kids and, like, life, you know, and stuff like that. And I have a story for you. I think you'll think it's funny. Okay, good. Definitely. Yeah, definitely a parenting fail. So uh, I love my daughter, and she's got the biggest personality in the world. She's so sweet. Uh And um, we were sitting there, and. so the story, it's weird anyway, because we were watching TV and something happened. I made a joke, like, Luke, I am your father, or something was on something. She uh-huh. was like, I don't know what that means. You know, I was like, oh, of course, you've never seen Star Wars. Yeah. You're six. 70s. So yeah. I show her, like, this video of, like, uh, something about Star Wars. And she was trying, I think she was trying to make a joke, because she goes, it's when Darth Vader cuts Luke's hand off. She goes, he had he had two hands, and now he has one. And I said, <laughs> she you up? yeah, she had that finger up, right? Yeah. She was counting. And I said, honey, yes, but I want to let you know. You know, I did my dad voice. I was like, why don't you let you know, you know, that you can't, when you do that, you, you need to do this because this means something bad. <laughs> and she said, yeah, like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> That's what she said to me. Dude, she says she watches, she says, man. Like, hey, fuck you. And I yeah. said, What the hell? And she said, she starts laughing. And she's like, I'm sorry. And then she goes in this cute voice. I'm sorry, Daddy. I didn't mean to. I know that's bad. But I was just explaining. It's like when you go, like, fuck you. you know? <laughs> and I was like, I'm just frozen, right? I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And what okay, so what I come out, how she figured it out is was she had I guess I let her watch these animal like videos uh-huh. on YouTube uh-huh. and I on my phone I like played this animal compilation and in one of the fucking animal funny videos the guy like flips the dog off and says hey fuck you to the dog and the dog chases him so I didn't know this was gonna be in there so it is all my fault and so yeah. then like we're already in it and I'm like you know like and I talked to her like she's a doll I'm like you know you can't you can't fucking say that, right? right. She's like, she's like, yeah, I, know I can't fucking say that. I'm like, yeah. no, she didn't say. But then my wife, I called my wife in the room, and I was like, hey, Thea, tell uh, tell mommy what you just told me. What uh, uh-huh. what you just told me? And she goes, 
just I was like, you won't get in trouble, I promise. And she goes, hey, fuck you. And Caitlin just goes, what? And I was like, I didn't teach her that. I will that oh very, I didn't teach her this just for a Kids fucking joke. say the darndest thing. Oh, my God. Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it, they really, I mean, the funny shit she does and like yep. being full self-aware and kids are like that anyway. Like I have this thing, especially when I was younger, like when you talk to a kid, you change the tone of your voice. Uh-huh. You're like, Hey little buddy, how yeah. you, how you doing? How's everything? And, uh, there was this 12 year old kid that was a niece of my sister's or nephew of my sister's friend or whatever. And he was uh-huh. over at the house and he is like, he is probably like 11. Uh huh. And I'm talking to him, and he was like, I went and played soccer. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. That's really cool. That's Uh awesome, you know, and being real positive in the way I speak. And he stops, and he goes, do you think I'm stupid? (laughs) And I said, what? And he was like, do you think I'm stupid? You're talking to me like I'm stupid. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, shit. And I was like, oh. And I was like, and I broke down everything. I was like, I was real with him. I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like, Dude, that's, that's funny, man. I was like, I wanted to be real positive because yeah. that's the way I usually talk to kids and everything. Yeah. But I, I get it. You're, I mean, you're really mature, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do you yeah. like that. Like, let's go Dude, get I a feel beer. Like people do that to <laughs> old people too sometimes. Like really old people, like people at the nursing home. I remember my mom used to say that to like, you know, great grandparents. And she'd yeah. like talk loud, like, <laughs> <laughs> hi. We're here. We love you. This is your son. Like, yeah, I fuck it. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I fuck Don't it. talk to me like I'm <laughs> mentally. Mentally incapacitated. Incapacitated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so funny the kid called you on that. Oh, he called me. You think me I'm on. stupid? I was like, man, fuck it. I'm sorry, dude. Let's go get a beer. You want to go to strip club? Like, <laughs> shit, let's fucking hash this out. Like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're cool, man. That's funny. You know how to drive stick? I'm going to get wasted. I need yeah. you to drive me home. Like, yeah. No, oh, but it man. was, I yeah, it was funny. Well, dude, I, I'm sorry to cut the, we have, uh, oh, shit. I'm supposed to get the, man, we you just, got a show coming up tonight. Yeah, I do. Social Lounge. You're going to fucking murder, right? You got, yeah. who's on that show? Adam? Oh my God! I don't. It's Adams hosting it. I would have to pull up my phone to tell you everybody because oh, I didn't good. memorize names. But you're good. Um, I think I did a show there at Social Lounge. It's pretty fun. This is a yeah. I think yeah. Well, Yasi Yasi yeah. organized it. She booked this one. So what happened? I think is uh, so Adam booked me for um, his place, and I came. I'm blanking on the name of it. The flat. The flat, and I hear that's amazing room, and um. Something happened with the date or something. He said, okay, let's go ahead and still do a show. I talked to, I guess he booked it or talked to Christine. Yeah, and, Christina uh, Yassi. Christina yeah, Yassi. Yeah. And, uh, good I, vibes. I did a show there with Scooter and um, Christina and uh, shit, one other guy a few weeks ago. It was fun. That's awesome. They're man. kind of, uh, they're they're a bougie crowd. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, we'll yeah see. I, may, they, I may whip they, out my abortion jokes. Yeah, dude, I mean, no, yeah, hit these people in the face. They're, they're a little bit like, you know. You get them loosened up. I got the I got the suit on. You got the suit. I on. got the you fucking look suit. Bougie, on. yeah. That's what, yeah. I look it's, bougie. It's in a and gentrified also- warehouse. They turned into shared office space, and people pay to be members there. Okay, so that's kind of the you know these people. I've never been there. Um, yeah, yeah it should be a great show. 
Um, yeah. it's gonna be fun. By the yeah. time this airs, it would have already happened. I yeah. didn't bite you. I if didn't I could, bite you all. If I could publish me. this instantly, instantly, if this were live, you could. If you didn't have to go it. back and edit where I talked about, you know, the abortion joke, right? <laughs> no, just get. I'm not editing anything. No, f it. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm gonna get called into HR and they're gonna be like, "Did you go on a podcast called I Did This Instead of Killing Myself and it, talk about mention abortions?" And I'm like, <laughs> "It's a real issue. No one addresses. So don't fucking come at me." Yeah, like, it's a real question. No. But know? no, honestly. No, thank you for having me. I yeah, love doing dude. this. Anytime you, you want to have me on. You want to shout out. I mean, we talked about your shows, the Palmetto so, Distillery, Oconee Theater. The, um, uh, last Friday of every month, Palmetto Distillery, we have an amazing, uh, I mean, amazing show going on. It sells out. We do double shows. Last Friday of every month? Last Friday of every month. Yeah. Um, this uh, next show coming up is going to be Ryan Rubin's hosting it, and uh, it's going to be uh, Zolata Cass. I think I'm oh, saying her name great. right. I love she's Zolata. amazing, dude. Yeah, she's and, a sweetheart. Um, her and Lanny Farmer and headliner is going to be Robert Weems. And okay. Robert Weems knew the area, or he went to California for a while. He lives in Atlanta now, and he did stand up all. He went oh, on okay. national tours and performed for the troops. Nice. He's awesome. Check him out. So we've been getting some bigger comedians in. Um, the Oconee Community Theater. That's another monthly we do. It's usually the first Friday of every month. Month that happen. It kind of changes. So you just kind of got to be on the lookout for that. We usually yeah. announce it. Uh, follow yeah. me on Facebook to see our dates and. Uh, Instagram, yeah. Brad Deacon comedy. And we try to shout out the shows. I don't always catch it, but on on the intro to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this, you should hear you know those those shows. Oh yeah, uh, I, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I got the one that you and Scooter were on. I remembered to get it, but uh, but yeah, those are those are good shows, and they're not too far because Coney's no. like what forty minutes from Greenville. 30? Yeah, no, it's not that far from Greenville. It's uh, it's about forty minutes from Greenville, and it's a it's a good show. It's right near Clemson, honestly. Uh-huh. The Oconee Community Theater is like right next door to near yeah. Clemson University. Yeah, and so, Palmetto and Anderson's not bad either. It's like oh a far yeah, drive. And it's an amazing place, and it's good drinks. It's cheap, good yeah. drinks. I mean, it's uh, really. I mean, I'm trying to plug the hell out of it, but it's an amazing place, and we're very happy to be doing shows there. Mm-hmm. And we got a new thing. We've been uh, Ryan's been doing uh, him and Chris Wilson. Uh, and we're trying to do more of it. It's funny or fired. We've been doing funny that. Funny or fired. It's really good. Yeah, you just had the second iteration of that. Yeah. Was that at the same place he had it the first time? Yeah, I the- think we're going to be moving venues. We're trying to, um, we're talking about, we're in talks with a couple of things about doing it in different places oh, okay. and stuff. I can't really. So ah, it's under the house it. you know roy scoville oh i'm not <laughs> dry, name dropping again on my buddy no but seriously this was awesome and if you want a tiktok brad deacon comedy yep. on there and uh link below if you're watching on youtube click all that david is fun as always yeah awesome. all right you. check that right out thanks man see ya <laughs>